our relationship with money is like a fractal for our entire life. So if we get the microscope out and we look at our relationship with money, what is my relationship with money? You can just ask yourself, what is that like? You know, am I feeling um, abundant? Am I feeling scarcity? Am I feeling fear? Like, what is that? And so if we take the microscope out and we look at our relationship with money, I truly feel that we can understand our entire life and where the imbalances are in our entire life. And so if we go in and we start to heal the relationship with money, which first you need to get clear about, okay, ancestrally, like what are the patterns, the subconscious patterns that by the time I was four years old, I thought, oh, this is how it is with money kind of a thing. And then taking a step back and being like, wait, is that actually how it is? Or is that just a narrative that I've been carrying from my parents, grandparents and so forth? That's our guest, Sarah Artemisia, plant spirit healer, Akashic Records reader, and abundance mindset coach. She holds a master's degree in organizational financial management, and she's a certified money coach. Stay tuned to find out how you can gain insight into your relationship with money by looking at it through the lens of your life as an ecosystem of wholeness. I'm Lisa Byrne. And I'm Lori Gambacorda. We're your co-hosts. Welcome to the Epic Conscious Living Podcast. Transform yourself, impact the world. Educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live a spiritual, healthy, and sustainable lifestyle. Building a community that elevates consciousness for the greater good. We make it easy for you to be epic. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. We appreciate you. And if you haven't gotten a chance, please hit the subscribe button. So the spherical listening, it like, it just takes the awareness out of this very narrow band of mental focus and into understanding that in fact, we have multiple organs of perception, the skin, obviously we can get so much information. Like we can feel a hot plate on a stove, you know, through our skin, the heart is such an incredible organ of perception. And this is I think, sadly, something that has been forgotten a lot in Western culture, that the heart actually, of course, all these scientific studies that show that the electromagnetic field of the heart is vastly bigger than the brain. And because of that, it's like the sensitivity of the heart and the ability to pick up information is so much more fine-tuned than, you know, what we can perceive in, in the brain, in my experience. And so when thinking about how to really tune in to plants or other life forms. If you're not accustomed to that, I'm just going to tune in for a second and see what wants to emerge about that. Okay. So it's a practice of what Jeremy Narby, who wrote The Cosmic Serpent, has talked about having a defocalized vision, that this can be really helpful for understanding what's happening both through a Western mindset and then also through a decolonized mindset, um, which basically just means I am, you are, we are all connected to the interconnected web of life. And then the Westernized mindset, I would say, is more from one of um, reductionist, we are separate kind of a thing. So in order to, we're not throwing away the Western mindset. We're just saying, what else can we also embrace in this experience? And so one of my favorite uh, meditation teachers, actually Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche, will talk about meditation, a uh, practice of meditation, where when we're laying on the ground and looking up at the sky, we see the clouds in the sky, right? But what else are we also seeing in that moment? In that moment, we are also seeing the vastness of the sky. And so if we can tune into the vastness of the sky and basically just defocalize the gaze so that we are focusing on and paying attention more to the vastness 
of the sky rather than those clouds, the clouds lose their important, they lose so much of their like, oh, this is a really intense cloud in my life because we're able to connect with like, oh, this is the vast expanse of joy or bliss, or he likes to call it a warm, a luminous, warm hug. And so that that is what um, the expansive awareness, the, the experience of expansive awareness is. And so similarly, I feel like when we're tuning in with the plants, it could be really interesting if you, if for folks who are listening, if you don't actually know, like, what's your Claire, like, what is your extrasensory way of receiving information to just do an experiment of defocalizing the senses one at a time. And this is so cool that you asked this question because I've never articulated this before, but it's just articulating it right now. I'm like, oh, this is such a fun, I'm totally going to try this myself after this. I'm like, so cool. Um, so a way that that could be a really both like fun and, and that's the other thing too, is like approaching it from a place of exploration and play. Like this is all just an experiment. We don't need to take ourselves so seriously in all of this. And just so just like, as if you were a little kid, like I'm going to go explore, experiment, play with this and see what emerges. And so, for example, if you're sitting in front of a plant and you're like, I'd like to connect with this plant, how in the heck do I get out of my head and like actually genuinely connect with this plant so I can actually perceive something that's coming from the plant and not just coming from my own projections? You could try this experiment of defocalizing the senses one at a time. So with the gaze, for example, that would, what that, what, and what I mean by defocalizing is really just softening the gaze. So it's almost like um, rather than projecting the energy out through the eyes so intensely, it's like you soften the gaze and you have this experience of like, what would, and you could even pose the question, what would it be like if I could receive information through my eyes, almost like listening through my eyes. Like if I could listen through my eyes instead of project out and look out very intensely, like what would it be like to receive information like that through the eyes where I was listening to the, through the eyes. And then similarly with defocalizing through the ears, through actually listening, what you could do is just like, if all of the sound that you were experiencing in that moment, if you thought of it as like a tapestry, like what sounds are you noticing sticking out uh, a little bit more in that moment. And Lisa, you talked about that, like when you'll just notice the vibrancy of things poking out. And so really it could, another way to approach it could be looking at um, through each of the sense, through each of the senses, what are you noticing that is vibrant that is coming out? Like as you kind of scan through the environment visually, as you scan through the environment, what is more vibrant as you auditorially scan through the environment environment what is popping out more vibrantly and then similarly with touch like if you actually just physically touch the plant what is you know if it has really soft leaves or scratchy bark things like that that just that the senses can be such a great gateway an entry point into connecting with the plant and that i think that is one of the coolest things about the plants is that they are very embodied like they are actually in 3D too. And we can connect with them in 3D as well as on all of these multiple other spiritual levels. I'm just like, to be totally honest, I really don't feel like the plants have to do that, but they're doing it. And like, what an incredible gift that we get to be here together on this planet right now. And they literally sustain us on every single level, like our food, our housing, our clothes, the air that we breathe, you know, like we couldn't breathe without the plants. Like what a gift. <laughs> they give us our breath. Totally. How you're speaking, you know, if somebody went to your website and they looked and it's like, uh, you know, pl 
plants and Akashic records and abundance. And they might think, hmm, you know, because we think of abundance as money a lot of times, especially in the West. But listening to you speak about multidimensionality, about how plants are just like people and and we would cultivate a relationship with a person. Like I'm feeling your sense of abundance. You, It's almost like I feel your definition of abundance <laughs> that goes far, far, far beyond money. But let's let's talk at least for a few minutes about the um, the, the abundance mindset coaching and um, what you see are some of the kind of main issues that people have in their relationship with abundance and their relationship with money. Totally. I mean, geez, this is another topic that I could talk about for days because I literally spent decades of my own life exploring this, um, including like grad school, coaching programs, all these things. But the thing with the abundance, and I love, like, thank you so much for that reflection. That really means so much to hear my entire framework. So often people might, yeah, they might look at my website and be like, wow, money and plants and Akashic records. Like, how are those all related? Right. But for me, nature and abundance, nature and money are so connected. And so if we, my entire framework with the abundance mindset coaching is really looking at your life as an ecosystem. So it's really looking at nature as model. And if you look at, okay, because to me, and, and so like for you, it might be a different model. Clearly I love nature. So to me, I'm like, what is the biggest model of wholeness that I know in my life? Like, what is that? To me, it's nature. And so for you, it might be something else. So if it's not nature, like just you can sub in for you, what is your biggest model of wholeness in your life? And just, you know, read the rest of what I'm about to share, like through that framework. But essentially looking at your life as an ecosystem, like if nature ran your life, if the biggest model of wholeness in your life ran your life, how would money function in that system? And would it be some... Abundantly. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Like, I mean, would it be like, you know, water, carbon, nitrogen, sunlight, you know, an integral part of the entire system? Or would it be this thing that's like off to the side and like, you know, kind of like, I only relate to it like a booty call where I just like reach out at 11 o'clock on a Friday night and then ignore it the rest of the week kind of a thing. It's like, how would money, how does money function in your life? If you look at your life as an ecosystem and by distilling it down to that very basic concept, that very basic framework, I think we can really understand how are we actually out of balance with our money? Um, if we look at, okay, how is money flowing through the system of my life? How does it feel? Things like this. And so the reason that I love working with money specifically is because I feel that money is our relationship with money is like a fractal for our entire life. So if we get the microscope out and we look at our relationship with money what is my relationship with money? You can just ask yourself, what is that like? You know, am I feeling um, abundant? Am I feeling scarcity? Am I feeling fear? Like, what is that? And so if we take the microscope out and we look at our relationship with money, I truly feel that we can understand our entire life and where the imbalances are in our entire life. And so if we go in and we start to heal the relationship with money, which first you need to get clear about, okay, ancestrally, like what are the patterns, the subconscious patterns that by the time I was four years old, I thought, oh, this is how it is with money kind of a thing. And then taking a step back and being like, wait, is that actually how it is? Or is that just a narrative that I've been carrying from my parents, grandparents, and so forth? You know, could be hundreds of years back that we've been carrying these narratives forward. Um, and so to me, the relationship with money is very much 
um, like if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which for folks who aren't familiar with that, it's basically a framework of understanding the human experience where at the ba- it's like a, a triangle or a pyramid where the baseline uh, bottom is, you know, safety, security, physiological needs. And then moving on up the triangle to the top, it's like, you know, emotional needs, belonging, community, love, and then all the way up to self-actualization. So I think there's a huge misconception in our society that money is really just about that baseline level of security, safety, physiological needs. In my experience, I've actually found that it money, our relationship with money, our experience with money is with us every single step of that hierarchy of needs, like all the way up to self-actualization that it is with us every single step of that way. And so as we get clear in our relationship with money, we find that that ripples out into every other facet of our life. So I really use money as like, like the focusing on money as a way, as like a tool for healing the whole life. And that's why it's something that I'm so passionate about. And particularly for folks who are connected with healing or helping the world become a better place, which I'd imagine if you're listening to this podcast, that's probably you, like you're at least helping the world to become a better place, which is like so wonderful um, that very likely every, for the most part, your entire life is oriented towards healing, helping the world become a better place. Probably like through the things that you buy, the types of relationships that you have, what you love to do in your, um, you know, in, in your leisure time, maybe even like what you actually do for work kind of a thing. And so being the case that you're the vast majority of your life is oriented towards healing, towards helping the world become a better place. What I've found is that when folks like that, like, like you who are listening, get money, bring money into alignment with that. It's like, then money becomes a transformational tool for healing on the earth, which is amazing. It's amazing. And I think there's a huge misconception out there that money is evil. And you could think about like, oh, what are some, you know, core beliefs that I grew up with? Like myself, for example, and many other folks out there might have these core beliefs, um, that you were raised with of maybe like, you know, money is the root of all evil or like people who have a lot of money are exploit other people or things like that. Or, um, there might be some narratives around, like if there were some influential folks in your family who were, um, uh, you know, that you knew who were alive in the depression, like this sense of like, I need to just hoard all the time, like, you know, build up my big, like, dam of resources because I never know if they might suddenly be gone kind of a thing, that there might be these multiple different narratives and stories that we're acting out in the patterns of the way that we relate to money. And so once we get clear on that, um, we can then, it's like once we get the crap out of the way, we can then actually have a very genuine, authentic, open relationship with money that functions a lot more like that organic flow through the ecosystem of our life and particularly helping the world become a better place. And so just real quick, like going back to that piece of, okay, for example, we could look at, okay, the narrative of money is evil, right? It's like, okay, well, why, like, why do we think that? Like, why do we think money's evil? Like money, like what is money really? Right. And so I spent like 10 years of my life really exploring this question (laughs) of what is money really? And how do we be in a good relationship with it? Particularly like, how do we be in a good relationship with it? Like, if well, you we, are, lose, we lose, we lose a sight of the fact that we actually created it, right? He, totally. We, we created it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like time. Totally. You talked about time earlier. It's like, here's all these illusionary things that we've latched onto as our systems of trade and, and, and energy. To me, money is green energy and 
that's the color of the heart chakra. And it's also the color of nature. So I can see how those two are definitely symbiotic and how abundance can can flow in nature. And then you can see like, how do we look at it more as this energetic exchange and an energetic way of transforming our lives and other people's lives versus it's a piece of paper that has a number on it and it means I can buy something with it. Totally. Yeah. And one of the, one of the big, big things about that, that I love working with folks on is really getting clear. I love to do this gestalt type exercise. It's um, from the neurolinguistic programming Institute that I absolutely love with money. And that is really getting clear on what is your understanding of the essence of money? And so it could be, if, if this is something you're actively exploring in your life right now, it could be really interesting to just notice, like if money was sitting across from me in a chair, like what, first of all, what would it look like? Would it just be a pile of cash or would it be like someone in your life who embodies money to the essence of money to you? Or, you know, would it be an energetic quality, like a ball of light or something like that? And then just notice, like, what do I feel towards that? Like, what do I feel towards that? And then stand up and then go actually sit in that chair where money is. And then from the space of what does the essence of money feel like from the perspective of the essence of money? And just do it. And again, like this requires just getting very into that experimental, playful, intuitive visioning space. It's not about the rational linear mind in this exercise. But I have multiple people who say that they are not emotional people. When I do this exercise with them, they burst out into tears because they have this experience of being like, wow, I have been projecting so much of my own beliefs, society's beliefs, all this stuff under the essence of money. And what does the essence of money actually feel like? It's often really different from what our perceptions and projections of money have been. And so in my life to go from, you know, being raised by hippie parents who absolutely hated money and avoided it at all costs, every possible way that you could avoid money, they tried to avoid it to being like, wow, money is an ally in my life for helping me further the mission of my life purpose. Like money is an ally, just like with the plants. It's like, how can nature be an ally? How can you co-create with nature? It's like, how can you co-create with the essence of money? Like you can do some really powerful things for good. You can really, really help the world for good when you get aligned with money in your life. I like that both with money and when you were talking about the plants, there's this sense of childlike wonder. And that's how people can really get back in touch with the essence of of both of those. And maybe money does grow on trees, you know? That would, you know, if you have a tree with all this <laughs> money off of it, it'd be like, yeah, let's just go pick some money and transform the world, you know? Love it. Sounds great. <laughs> Tell us also about your retreats. Because we know that you like to do retreats in sacred spaces like Mount Shasta and how that group energy really helps support people in, in their growth. Yes. Oh, I love the retreats. So particularly in Shasta, because the energy, I mean, as you two both know, it's the energy of Shasta is so powerful. It feels to me, Shasta feels like a portal of divine love. Every single time I look at that mountain, I'm like, it is a mandala of divine love fronting as a mountain, like with a very thin veneer of mountain look kind of a thing. It's, I'm so, so grateful to be so close to that mountain. And so doing this work, for example, this um, August, we have uh, our 8-8 Lionsgate Nature of Abundance Retreat, where we will be really diving into exploring this 
very experiential embodied experience of what does abundance mean? Like, what does it mean in the body? What does it mean in nature? And what does it mean particularly with this lived experience of embodying the cosmic soul self in a place that is literally radiating divine love all the time? So that is, I'm like, what a cool opportunity to be able to do something like that in this life period. And then with a group of people, the thing that's so cool about that is I feel like, I mean, just like the trees, honestly, where it's like you get a group of trees together in a forest, there's like a, there's an energetic field that is created from that experience. And so when we are all coming in with this similar intention of, you know, we are going to connect with the cosmic soul self, we're going to work on, we're going to do some very experiential exercises to get rid of those blocks. So in the mornings, we're going to be getting rid of the blocks that really hold folks back from stepping into the cosmic soul self in this life. And then in the afternoons, going to these very sacred portal sites around the Mount Shasta area that I've felt some very strong, beautiful energy coming out of and connect in with these spaces to really infuse this higher quality, this higher vibration of light into the lived experience. And I think that is something that a lot of folks, it almost, I feel like it's in a certain kind of way, like it's, it's a a whole realm of experience that's kind of untapped is in, in a broader sense of society is really tapping into the energetic and the spirit of place and how, when we connect with these very powerful places on the planet, we can co-create, we can collaborate with them. They can help us more fully step into our soul purpose because just by the energetic quality of what they are emanating out, it helps us kind of like, if you think about the pendulum of the clocks, right. Of like, if you're in a room of clocks, all of those clocks, the pendulums are going to start swinging. They're going to entrain with the biggest pendulum. And so when we're in these very sacred places, that's emanating this very high frequency, high vibrational energy and doing this very intentional work together in a group of people, it's like we start to really entrain and attune with this really beautiful, grounded, embodied, high frequency energy. So that's what I love doing in the retreats. It's so fun. Shasta is absolutely magical. Let's <laughs> and we could we could probably chat on that for a while. The experiences that Lisa and I had in Shasta in uh, 2009. Would love to get back there at some point. And those trees um, there are pretty magnificent too. There's just stands and stands of giant, beautiful beings, willing and ready to help you transform your life. So, in addition to the retreats, um, let's talk for a minute about the the Plant Spirit Herbalism Summit. Let listeners know how they can get some information about that and participate. Yeah, so the Plant Spirit Herbalism Summit. So, this is a summit that I hosted and facilitated over the equinox, and the plants actually in the fall started sharing this vision of gathering folks together who are really connected with plants. And they were showing me how every speaker is like a unique doorway of connection into the plant realm. And so then, you know, on the, on the human level, just being like, okay, how do I actually manifest that? Like, how do we execute this into, into three-dimensional reality kind of thing? And I was like, oh, it's through a summit. I could do it through a summit. So with the summit, we had 39, well, 40 speakers, including myself, all sharing about their experience and relationship with plants. And so those are phenomenal interviews that literally we had almost 5,000 people from every single continent all around the world coming to attend the live summit. And since then, several hundred more who have 
purchase the all access pass and things like that to just have lifetime access to the summit. So if that's something you're interested in, like if you want a super deep dive crash course into a very authentic connection and understanding of who the plants are and what they're actually doing and actually helping us with on the planet at this time, the Plant Spirit Herbalism Summit is a great way to do that. It's, you know, like I said, 40 interviews. It's all available on my website under courses, which uh, Plant Spirit Herbalism Summit there. And can you tell the listeners how to get in touch with you? What's the website they go to for getting connected with that summit? Yeah, thank you so much. So my website is sarahartemisia.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram at akashic.plantspirit. Spell, spell your website for people too. Yeah. So it's Sarah Artemisia. So S-A-R-A-A-R-T-E-M-I-S-I-A.com. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you and hear about all these amazing things that you're offering. And hopefully people will get in touch with you to check out everything from plants to Akashic Records and Abundance Mindset Coaching. Thanks for your time today, Sarah. We appreciate it. Well, thank you both so much. It's so fun to connect and just share about all of this. And I'm just so grateful to you both and your work and your presence and your light and your deep listening for your purpose in the world and then honoring that. Like, thank you so much for doing that. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) And for more information on Epic, visit epicconsciousliving.com. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear more great conversations that elevate consciousness, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Join our community at epicconsciousliving.com and get your free health tip ebook. We make it easy for you to be epic. Do you want to try the best foods on the planet? Visit our friends at Sarva Superfood. All organic, non-GMO, vegan, and allergen-free. Love your body, plant trees, feel amazing. Use the coupon code EPIC20 and receive 20% off your orders. Go to sarvasuperfood.com. That's S-A-R-V-A-A superfood.com.